Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I have the honor to speak with one of the psychiatrists at Cal Psychiatry, Dr. Agnes Kwan Simone. Dr. Simone is a board-certified adult psychiatrist who specializes in the treatment of anxiety disorders, depression, young adult mental health, ADHD, and insomnia. She has experience working in a variety of settings, including academic, community, private, and veterans affairs. She is passionate about her integrative and culturally competent approach to mental health care. While she provides medication management, she also highlights the importance of non-pharmacologic interventions, including healthy lifestyle changes, mindfulness, and psychotherapy. She is currently offering both telehealth and in-person appointments at the Echo Park and Pasadena offices. Today, we discuss her approach to the treatment of social anxiety disorder and how individuals can achieve a better quality of life through effective treatment interventions. Welcome, Dr. Simone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, one of the newest Cal Psychiatry psychiatrists, Dr. Agnes Kwan Simone. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about something that you have quite a specialty in working with, which is social anxiety disorder. Yes, I love treating social anxiety, and I've been doing it since my residency. What do you love about treating social anxiety disorder? I think so many people suffer from some degree of social anxiety. And so I feel like even if you don't have the full on diagnosis of social anxiety disorder, you can still learn something from just talking about it with me or getting treatment. Mm -hmm. Maybe for the listener who doesn't know what social anxiety disorder, how do you diagnose it? What are you looking for? So, well, the definition of social anxiety is fear or anxiety of being negatively judged in some kind of social situation. So that could be something as simple as a conversation with somebody. It could be somebody you know, it could be a stranger, or it could be something as big as giving a presentation to a large audience. So the fear is that you're going to be ridiculed or humiliated or embarrassed. Got it. You had mentioned a little bit, there's the spectrum, right? And so you've seen probably from the most mildest cases to some very severe cases of social anxiety disorder. Yeah, definitely. So I always define it by like, how is it affecting your daily life? Like, are you avoiding certain things? Are you having a negative quality of life because of it? Are you missing out on things that you really want to attend like a party or a dinner or gathering? Is it affecting your ability to do well at work? Like for example, some people might have difficulty presenting presentations at work, and that's really affecting their feedback from their bosses or supervisors. Interesting. And the thing that actually, one thing I wanted to ask you is, how do you tell the difference between someone who's just an introvert who doesn't want to interact with people because they prefer Mm. to be alone most of the time versus someone with social anxiety disorder? Yeah. So I think, I mean, introverts, they get re-energized by being alone, right? So alone time is helpful for them. But you can be an introvert and be social. Like you still want to be with other people sometimes. Like you enjoy social activities, you enjoy social interactions, but then you need that alone time. And you're not avoiding situations because the situation causes you anxiety. You might just need time to re-energize. 
Whereas people with social anxiety, they will avoid situations because they're afraid of feeling anxious. They're afraid of being negatively judged. So it's pretty different, I would say. Yeah, there's a fear that comes along with it. Yeah, exactly. Like you could totally be an introvert and still want to socialize and not be afraid of socializing. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you approach treatment? Where do you start? So first, of course, a thorough evaluation, make sure I accurately diagnose lots of questions in the evaluation. And then treatment will be a combination or one or the other it really depends on the person, their preference, but it's going to be CBT with exposure therapy and or medications. So antidepressant medications. Mm-hmm. And maybe a brief word about CBT with exposure therapy. Yeah. So CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's very effective for social anxiety. Medications and CBT therapy are both very effective, but CBT is known to have lasting benefits, possibly even more than medications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exposure. So basically CBT is we look at the way that you're thinking about things how you feel about the situation and yourself. And then we look at the behaviors and exposure is actually exposing you to an anxiety provoking situation to see how you feel in that situation and how we can overcome that. And we always start with like the least anxiety provoking situations. So that might be going to lunch with a friend because that doesn't really cause you too much anxiety And then we work our way up to something that's the most anxiety provoking situation, which actually has commonly has been going on a first date for a lot of people. (laughs) I see that a lot, actually. I can imagine. It's just, you know, you're being judged. Exactly. (laughs) Evaluated the entire time. Yeah. So (laughs) that is such a common, like number one, most anxiety provoking situation, but it's something that people want to do because they want to have meaningful relationships and find a partner, significant other. Yeah. And I think you highlight one way in which social anxiety can actually halt someone from getting to where they want to go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's actually a big reason why people seek treatment in the first place is they know there's something wrong. They know they want to get somewhere. They want to have a relationship. They want to get ahead at work, but there's something holding them back. And when we do the evaluation, then it becomes pretty clear that there is some social anxiety there. So you had mentioned the combination of medication and therapy being really the best way for symptom relief. I guess as a psychiatrist, if you have someone who comes to you with pretty significant social anxiety and all they want to do is medication, how do you approach that? And how do you think about that? Yeah, of course, I always have to respect what the patient prefers. And I think, again, medication is such a great treatment option for social anxiety. So I'd be happy to treat them with medications. But at the same time, I always have some therapy techniques in my visit. So even if my main job is medication management, I will still talk with them like about therapy techniques that they can do on their own. Right. You bring up this point that when I talk to patients too, it's medication is only really helpful when you're taking it, right? Yeah. And so it does not give you the lasting skills that you might need long-term. It's not that you cure. I mean, I guess the question is, do you cure social anxiety? Yes. With therapy, I I think so. And I mean, I'm a huge proponent for medications. You know, I like prescribing medications, but I must say, I know that therapy really is the best treatment 
for social anxiety. Again, the duration of the benefit is longer with therapy and the skills, like you mentioned, those skills you can really utilize for the rest of your life. Whereas medications, you might not want to always be on them forever. Right. Right. And I also, this kind of a thought about medications is that maybe someone's symptoms are so severe that they can't even engage in the therapy that would be the most helpful for them. And so thinking that medication could kind of get them out of that rigid place that might allow them to kind of think Mm -hmm. about the discomfort that they might experience with the exposures, which ultimately will help them get better. Definitely. Yeah. You bring up a good point actually about the medications. So the medications are very helpful for social anxiety, but I have seen a lot of comorbidities with social anxiety. So people with depression, generalized anxiety, substance use problems, because they're just so anxious and they can't do the social activities. They can't have the meaningful relationships. They can't get ahead that can cause them to feel depressed. And then if they do want to engage in social activities, some people actually end up using substances as their therapy. So it could be like alcohol, it could be cigarettes, even marijuana. So it's helpful to have medications for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the cases that you've seen, are there times when social anxiety flares up more than others? I mean, we talked about the dating experience, but I guess I'm talking about not specific situations, but time in their life. Yeah. So, well, actually, so the pandemic has been very interesting because people with social anxiety have been thriving during the pandemic where they don't have to go out and be social. However, with the reopening last summer, I saw a reemergence of worsened social anxiety because people were not used to socializing. They weren't used to seeing people in person. And so there was definitely a flare up, as you would say, of the social anxiety. It's so easy to just stay at home and not see people and be happy with that. But in reality, like you do have to go out and you do have to meet people and you do interact with people, even if it's, it could be somebody like the grocery store clerk or the Uber driver. Like there are just certain social situations you can't avoid. Right. And also you could have social anxiety and avoidance behavior towards a virtual interaction with somebody. That's very true. Yeah, no, that's so true. So it's good to talk about that because we're seeing just so much remote work and work from home that social anxiety comes up with that as well. Like it doesn't have to be face-to-face, like I had said. So if you feel like anxious about being on the camera in a Zoom meeting, you might like dim the lights, or you might try to like turn off your camera, but that might not be good for like team building or a team meeting or making friends even through a virtual meeting. Right. Well, I wonder, could you say a little bit about medications? We, we were talking a little bit about (laughs) what are they and what is typical in terms of what you would use for a social anxiety disorder? So the most effective medication for social anxiety is SSRI medications such as Zoloft, Lexapro. So just the very typical SSRI medications that we use for anxiety disorders and depression. Mm -hmm. And what would someone expect to see if they were to start on one of those medications? The very common thing that I've heard from patients is the medication really helps them overcome that overwhelming feeling of anxiety. And even if they have a little bit of anxiety left on the medication, it's manageable. Whereas before the medication, it was so overwhelming that they couldn't overcome it themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't, 
this idea that it doesn't make it go away completely. For some people, it does actually. Yeah, yeah. I have seen that quite a bit. I have seen some people who are on a good dose of the medication and their anxiety completely goes away. But I have also seen the other side where some people do have a little bit left, but it's manageable and it's not affecting their life in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think it brings me back to this idea of why you're drawn to treating this because people do get better and it's a rewarding way to practice medicine and seeing these major improvements in quality of life that people experience. Yeah. It's so nice. I love treating it. People really do get better and it's so nice to see them really pursue what they want, whether it's like I said, something at work or a relationship, making friends, like their dating life. It's so nice to see people thrive after they get treated. All right. Well, I will make sure that your information is on the episode description. So if the listener wants to learn a little bit about you and the work that you do, they can, they can learn about that. And I really appreciate you being on our podcast and enlightening us about this interesting topic. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. This has been Mind Stories with remote appointments in California and nine offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area. Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, mood and anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more to help you get back to your true self. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.